service with singing, speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak that my soul may hear. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Calm every doubt and fear. Speak to my heart, oh, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, I pray. Yield and If you're just joining us this morning, we're singing, Speak to My Heart, Lord Jesus. Let's sing it together on verse number two. Let's go now. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Purge me from every sin. Speak to my heart, Lord Father, we do pray this morning that you will speak to our hearts as we come to worship you. I pray that the time that we spend together will be one of blessing and one of uh, encouragement. I pray, Father, that in the homes around our city this morning as we gather to worship that you'll bless each heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to share a couple of announcements with you. First of all, welcome to our broadcast Broadway Baptist Church Facebook Live. We're glad to have you here this morning, and we appreciate you bringing us into your homes this morning. I would also remind you that at 6 o'clock this evening, at 6 o'clock tonight, there will be a broadcast, and also on Wednesday night at 6.30. So we're maintaining a regular sort of schedule, even though it's online only. Also, I want to say thank you to Chris Wright, 
Huey Adams and those in the sound booth who have made this, uh, this broadcast possible. It's really a great thing to have help in that area. This morning, uh, we're going to sing some songs and, and have a hopefully pretty typical service. And also, Janine Arndt will be uh, singing special music a little bit later in the service. And I would also ask you, uh, as you think about our ministries here at Broadway Baptist Church, it's a unique time when you're not able to give an offering in, this, in the auditorium here as uh, we're broadcasting, but you can text to give, and there's also a way to mail in your check if you'd like to give to our church. We're going to continue singing now, Oh How He Loves You and Me. I invite you to sing with us as we sing. Oh, how he loves you and me. to share a story with you this morning. It begins over a hundred years ago in 1913. A baby was born, a baby boy, and this baby boy was five years before the great pandemic, the flu pandemic of 1917. His family survived that. 
But because of all that went on, the roaring 20s came along, and then the depression of the 30s. And by the time this young man was ready to go to college, because of limited finances, he had to drop out of college. And he went to work for a life insurance company in New York City. So this young man was also a very talented vocalist, and he sang on a Christian radio station in New York City. Now this was at a time when radio was big. There was no TV at that time. But he was a very, became a pretty popular Christian singer at that time. And because of his voice, uh, there was a New York executive there who was offered uh, this young man a very uh, big time, big money kind of proposition for singing to audiences on a secular side in New York City. Well, he was deciding which way to go, stay with the Christian music or go to the more secular music. And so the next Sunday when he was going to go lead the music in his church, he sat down at the piano and his mother had left a poem there. And so he set this poem to music. And as he set it to music, he, he decided he would sing that particular song in his music that Sunday morning. Well, it turned out to be a hymn that the congregation absolutely loved. And because of that hymn, uh, he decided this hymn had a difference in making a difference in which way he decided to go with his life. So he turned down that once-in-a-lifetime offer to do the secular music, and he stayed doing uh, the Christian music and literally impacted hundreds of thousands of people. His name is George Beverly Shea. And the poem that he put to music that morning was, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. And we're going to sing that hymn, and I would like for you to join us in your homes as we sing it together.
to come and sing for us at this time. There is a Savior.
man by the name of Lou Fook died. Uh, Lou Fook was not technically a Southern Baptist missionary, yet he was a powerful missionary in his own right. Um, Lou Fook had been for 20 years uh, in South America in what was British Guiana, and he had been planting Baptist churches in British Guiana. Um, Lou had come to faith through the ministry of a Southern Baptist missionary in South China by the name of Charles Galliard. Uh, Charles Galliard had gone to South China in the 1850s and he'd been there about eight years and it was toward the beginning of the Civil War in the United States. They were saying, the board was saying, we're going to take our missionaries home and Charles wrote a letter back and he said, though I may be the least missionary, I want to be the last missionary in the field. Please don't make me go home. Cut my pay, do whatever you want. But he said, I only have one hope, and that is that when I die, I will take an army of people to heaven with me. Um, he died before he saw that vision become a reality. He was killed in a massive typhoon that hit uh, Canton, Guangzhou in 1862. And he never realized that one of the young men that he had led to faith and baptized, Lu Fook, would go to, to, to South America and would plant four Baptist churches of, of Chinese Baptists in South America, the first Baptist churches in all of South America. When Lu died in 1884, there were over 200 Chinese Baptists that had come out of the ministry of Charles Galliard. Welcome, welcome to our online worship service. As David Dell welcomed you here earlier, so we're so glad you have uh, joined us this morning. I wanted to uh, let you know last night I was talking to Bill Jones on the phone, and he told me that he likes these Facebook Live services because you never know someone could be sitting in their underwear watching church. And he didn't say who, but I want to encourage you, if, even if you are in your home sitting in your underwear or laying in bed right now, I want to encourage you to get up, uh, grab your Bible, uh, go ahead and get prepared for worship. Do you know Sunday is still the Lord's Day? Even though we might not be able to meet here in the sanctuary in person, we can still worship at home. Also, I, I, I can't see uh, what's being posted, but David mentioned our offering. Uh, I want, if, you, if possible, somebody share a link. That way you can give directly online. Uh, that You just click on the link and certainly give, and so obviously we can't pass an offering plate with that. Uh, secondly, too, uh, if you are there online and if you go on our website, you can click on the word bulletin and you can actually follow along. We've got little bulletin inserts right here. So if somebody gets to that link, you can actually, somebody just share that link online. That way you can follow along here with Proverbs chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1. If you're watching this on Facebook, you know, usually you're able to invite folks to church, folks you're at school with. Uh, right there on Facebook, there is a share button. I want you to share this, and here's why. Uh, it's Sunday morning. Folks are just sitting around at their house. You've got friends on, 
online, and they're probably sitting around doing nothing, and you could share this worship service, and they'll see this pop up possibly in their, in their scroll, and they could all of a sudden start watching and hearing God's Word. That's the only way we're able to invite folks to church this morning. Since we can't invite them to come, you just share it. So that is your evangelism and outreach if you hit share and let folks uh, know. I'm friends with a bunch of preachers on Facebook, and literally last Sunday, every single post, David, was... It was sermon after service after service. It was a goodness. I, I could just pick for which sir, service I certainly want to attend with that. But, but, so that is Sherry's on front row, she said. It's a revival. So that was. It was Facebook revival on Sunday morning with that. Anyway, we're glad you're joining us here with worship. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1. I also want you to go ahead and turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look at those two scripture passages this morning. Proverbs chapter 1, Matthew chapter 7. And this here is going to launch something as a church family we're going to be going through. I'm going to ask a commitment of you. I'm going to ask you to go through beginning the month of April, which begins Wednesday. We're going to read one proverb a day. Now... Some of you are saying there's 31 chapters in Proverbs and 30 days in April. That is correct. So on April 30th, you could read two chapters, or on May 1st, you could read Proverbs 31. But the reason for this, and I want to tell you why this book is so important. If you commit to reading one chapter a day, and Proverbs is the most practical book in the Bible. All the Bible is practical, but Proverbs speaks truth into many things that's going on today. And not only that, you pray the words, pray scripture as we're going through Proverbs. Starting Wednesday morning, you read uh, those 33 verses there in chapter 1. And you go through that. I promise you, God will speak wisdom to you. I tell you, there's nothing more our world and our nation needs right now, especially, is wisdom. There's a lot of foolishness going on. There's a lot of fear. There's uh, certainly people, they, uh, just, they're, they're, they have no clue. There's so much uncertainty. And God wants to give His people wisdom. And that's what this book is going to offer to us. And there's, during times of instability is a time that believers want to boldly step up and say, I am going to hold and to declare the Lord's wisdom. So that's what we're going to be looking at. So Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. I want you to follow along here in your Bibles. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Solomon wrote most of Proverbs. He didn't write it all. The last couple chapters were written by someone else. But Solomon, the Bible says was the wisest man ever to live. In fact, I have it up here on the board. I've got 1 Kings 4.29. Let's look at this Bible verse up here. 1 Kings 4.29. Bible says, God gave Solomon wisdom. Solomon was allowed to make a request to the Lord. And he asked for wisdom. The Bible says that God gave it to Solomon. 
I tell you, if there's something you need right now, it's wisdom. Will you ask God to give you wisdom? You're sitting at home in your pajamas, in your underwear. Say, God, I need wisdom. There's, there's, these are unusual times right now. We can't allow fear to seize you. You are a believer in Jesus Christ. You're saved, redeemed, going to heaven. God gives you wisdom. He gave it to Solomon. There's no reason He won't give it to you. Very great insight. Insight means prudence. Prudence is something that we want to not panic, but we want to be prudent. There's a lot of panic. And God's calling us to this insight. And look at this. And not only to give them wisdom and insight, and understanding. Do you know throughout the centuries, things such as these pandemics and famines and persecution have not just occurred here in our country and in Europe, but also targeting years ago Christians. And it's a time that people turn and rely upon the Lord. As vast as the sand on the seashore, God here is calling us to make this same request. If God gave Solomon this wisdom, you notice wisdom is something. It's, it's, you know, in the New Testament, wisdom is described as one of, there's 22 spiritual gifts, and wisdom is one of them. God gives us the spiritual gift of wisdom. And I want you, this entire month of April, I want you to pray and I want you to ask for God to give you this wisdom. All right, back to Proverbs chapter 1. Look here, verse, verse 2. Proverbs 1, 2. For learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion, to a young man. And I want to say that. The word inexperienced is used there. What that means is inexperienced is someone the Bible describes as a youth. Uh, you know, we are told to stay inside, which we need to. We're told to do social distancing. So I was sent yesterday through a drive through at the summit and didn't get out of the car. Well, the drive throughs are still open. You still need to support your Local businesses here, uh, without going in, they bring you the, your stuff to your car. But there are folks, young folks, millennials, 20, 30-year-olds walking around to some, and I thought, the stores aren't open. But they're just wandering around, and our governor, our, our president, has asked us not to do that. That's an experience when you blow something off, such as a pandemic, and you just say, this isn't important. And the Bible gives us wisdom saying, there's a reason there's people not in these pews right now. Because we don't want to spread the coronavirus. You don't want to live in total fear of the coronavirus. But at the same time, you want to be prudent and say, if this is serious, which it is, you don't want to see it spread. 
And what's happened is this, this, this book is giving us shrewdness. That's wisdom that we need for these unusual times. And it goes on to say, knowledge and discretion to a young man. It goes on to say, verse 5, Let a wise person listen and increase learning. And let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise in their riddles. Look at this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. This statement here, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The Bible says all throughout Proverbs that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The wise fear the Lord. What that means to fear the Lord, I want to clarify. Because a lot of times when we hear the word fear, we think uh, like a horror movie or something... um, uh, something described that we would uh, live in panic over. When it's talking about the fear of the Lord, the Bible here is talking about how we need to have a reverence. We need to make decisions in regards to the Lord that we consider that we take an account of what God thinks about this. So every decision you make, you need to say, what would the Lord have me to do? What does the Bible say about this? What would God lead and instruct me? So it's living a life of fear of saying, I live a life of reverence for the Lord. I want to know what Scripture has to say. And I tell you, there is no better time than today. We need folks. We need leaders. You need to be praying for your president or governor or mayor that they fear the Lord. They're making reverent decisions right now. Take care what God's Word say. Last last couple of verses here. Verse 8. This is... Parents' favorite Bible verse. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Dads, are you instructing your, your children? Are you making your children right now, Sunday morning? Are they playing Fortnite or are they, are they listening to me? Are they in their Bibles or are they holding this book open? Bible says, fathers, we are to instruct our children. Listen, the school system, they have sent home computers They've sent home schoolwork. Your children are expected to learn. Dads, you're instru- some of you I know are instructing your kids. You've, been, you've become teachers. You're homeschooling your children right now. God expects us. Even when the coronavirus ends, we live a lifestyle of instructing your children. That is biblical instruction that they are learning about Jesus. You make them turn off the video games. They turn off the movies. And say, it's now time for you to learn God's Word. Dads, if you don't instruct your children, who else is? Not only that, and don't reject 
your mother's teaching. Fathers, we provide instruction. Mothers, you provide teaching. That's what the Bible says. Teaching and instruction, that's what parents do. We're constantly doing this. And I want to tell you, some of you, or not some of you, all of you, you've become Sunday school teachers. You know, your children would be in Sunday school here at the 10 o'clock hour right now. But now, obviously, they're not. But they can still be going through what they're expected to do. Zach Bauer, youth pastor, he emailed out, Lifeways providing, and I tell you, Zach, if you're watching, put that link out there. Lifeways providing the free resources for Sunday school lessons. So you can just follow along right now throughout this week. Say, here's what children, here's what you're going to be doing. This is what the Bible tells us to do. Verse 9. This is what happens when you listen to mom and dad. For they will be a garland of favor on your head and the pendants around your neck. Meaning, you have listened to the Lord and you have been adorned with your mother's and your father's teaching. So when days like the coronavirus come, you're not just lost. You've, you, you have an anchor and you're rooted in God's word. Skip down, last verse here. Look at verse 33. I want to look at one more verse here. This is Proverbs 1. So you will read this again on Wednesday. This is why we read Proverbs. This is why this book is so important. But whoever listens to me will live securely and be undisturbed by the dread of danger. I want to say, there is dread today. There is fear. We as believers, we want to be prudent. You absolutely want to be wise. You want to take precautions. There is no reason for you, believer. If you're saved, and I want to tell you, if you're listening to this, of course you are listening to it, you want a relationship with Jesus, you send a message to the folks in the sound booth. They're monitoring messages. Saying, I want to get saved. Teach me how to know Jesus. And we'll answer questions and lead you to the Lord. It's no accident that you're watching this. Because some of you are in dread. You're living in fear. And Christ calls us, no. No reason to do that. I want to put up here on the screen. The purpose of Proverbs. Here it is. This is why we, and you, this is in your, if you've got the little bulletin insert there on the website, this is why we're studying Proverbs and why you need to know it. Number one, this is straight from what the Bible says in verses 2 and 3. For learning wisdom. You learn, wisdom is something you have to learn. The Bible said in verse 2, you learn wisdom. It doesn't just happen. You don't just wake up one day and you become a wise man. God said He gave Solomon wisdom. He gave it to him. For us, God gives us wisdom and we learn it. Moms and dads, you teach your children how to be wise. You teach them right and wrong. You teach them the way of the Lord. You teach them, even though we can't come to church, we as a family, we gather around the TV, we gather around the computer, we open up our Bibles. We study our Sunday school lesson. And we're going to learn the ways of the Lord. So you learn wisdom. Number two. Not only is it for learning wisdom. Bible says we study Proverbs to learn discipline. An undisciplined life is a life of destruction. 
God tells us that the Lord disciplines those He loves. Christian, if you go out and sin, God disciplines. That means there's consequences for that sin. And what occurs is God does that. Not because He hates you, but because He loves you. Moms, dads, grandparents, the reason you discipline your children, you put structure and boundaries and guardrails in their life, is because if you don't, they will crash. Structure is your friend. A Bible reading plan is your friend. God wants you to live a disciplined life. Number three, why don't we say Proverbs says right here, for understanding, insightful saying. That's what a proverb is, an insightful saying. That's why the Bible says that a, a loving father doesn't spare the rod. Because that's discipline. There's consequences for dis being a disobedient child of God, being a disobedient uh, son or daughter. And not only that, for receiving prudent instruction. And that's what we want to receive. We want to receive instruction. Not just any instruction. Instruction that's prudent. You can get a lot of wrong instruction. You probably scroll through Facebook right now and follow some preachers that are giving you bad instruction. You can go to some churches that are not teaching the Bible. They're not, they're not teaching you the ways of the Lord. God tells us we need to make sure the instruction we receive lines up with what God's Word says. That is how we live our life. Alright. You got your Bible there. I want you to flip over to the New Testament book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 7. Because this is, this is the passage I believe that is for us today. There is no more timely passage than this. It's going to speak to us. This is how Jesus concluded his most famous of all sermon. That's the Sermon on the Mount. He's going to tell a story here about these two builders. Have you ever built something? Have you, you know, if you build something, obviously it starts with a foundation. You know, we have Legos at the house. And anytime you play with Legos, what do you build? You build a tower. And the Lego tower, if it has a good foundation, it can go really high. But if you're just going stack on stack, it won't make it but about two feet, and then it falls. But if you build that base, you could almost reach the ceiling. I say almost because the kids there are shaking their head. They can't quite reach the ceiling. But look what happens here. What happens? Jesus is going to tell this story of about this builder. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Jesus used the word wise. He's telling the story of the wise man. Now, the wise man here there's a contrast. He starts with his foundation. 
The book of Proverbs is about how to be wise. Jesus is teaching us wisdom. Here it is. What does he do? He builds his house on the rock. The rain fell. The rivers rose. And the winds blew. And look at this. They pounded on that house. He's got his foundation. You know, we, I hope you're praying for Jonesboro, Arkansas. A tornado last night rolled through. The rain wake you up here in Lexington. It's pouring down rain last night. Helling. But that same store came, came through Arkansas and uh, rolled through it right through and destroyed many, many, many families' homes and businesses. The day will come where the storm will hit you. I mean, it's probably hit you now. The coronavirus has hit you. The rain is falling. The river's rising. The wind is blowing. And it says when that occurs, it's pounding on the house. But this wise man, what does Jesus say? He built it on the rock. And it says, yet it didn't collapse. Why? Because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Jesus said, there's these people that are going to hear these words. So you're listening to these words right now, digitally. And if you don't act on wisdom, this is what it's like. Your life is built on sand. And sand, as we know, if you've been at the beach, I'm sure you have, you build a sand castle, the tide comes in. David Dell, you were just at um, Cancun, you probably went out on the beach right there. The tide comes in, you build your sand castle, it washes away. Stuff on the sand does not last. This is your life if you do not have a rock for a foundation. And this is what it means when we don't put Jesus' words in practice. And it says we have to act on them. Meaning we have to do something. You take action. Christ is calling us as believers right now to be prudent during these times. This is a time that you should be praying. You have extra time to give to the Lord. All your time should be the Lord's, but you have that devoted time that you should be in God's Word. Don't, don't squander the coronavirus. Yesterday, I cut the grass. Sherry pulled out the uh, summer clothes that's so warm. And we, 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 were talking about, we're, we were talking about when we were going to bed last night how productive we were. That was good productive at the house. But Christ is also calling us to be productive in, in our prayer life. And then in our daily discipleship of following the Lord with this extra time that you're at home. Verse 27, look what it says. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the wind blew, and pounded that house. And it collapsed. It collapsed with a great crash. There's a lot of folks right now. They have collapsed. 
you might be watching this in your life, you feel like it's falling apart. And you say, preacher, I don't even know who you are. I've just found this on the internet. And my life has crashed. And I don't know what to do. It's been built on sand. I put my hope in the money, in the stock market, my job, my family, my employment, my health. I'm sick. I'm empty. I don't know, I don't know where to turn. Here we are at the end of March, and I never would have dreamed of the beginning of March. And all folks were doing is talking about basketball at the beginning of March. Getting ready for March Madness. Now that's just unheard of. Have you ever? We should be getting ready for the Final Four right now for Kentucky. Nobody's even talking about basketball anymore. Because many folks, their lives have collapsed. And that is you. If you're listening to this, Jesus Christ is speaking to you. And he's saying, I am offering a foundation. That is a rock. Jesus described his life as a rock. He looked at Peter and says, Peter, and on this rock, meaning you, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Meaning, if you have a foundation on Jesus Christ, and you're rooted in church, even right now if it's an online church, Jesus Christ is your hope. This morning, I'm inviting you to give your life to Jesus. How do you respond? You send this church Facebook page a message. You bow your head. You ask Jesus to come into your life. You respond to Him, saying, Lord, I want a foundation. I want to be wise. Foolishness, the inexperienced, it gets you nowhere. This month, my commitment to you, I'm asking the Broadway Church family, or whoever, you join me in reading one proverb a day, beginning Wednesday, and praying through this book. I'll be posting stuff online about it. You can follow along. I want to tell you, we're going to close this service a little different. I'm going to invite Ms. Sherry Osmond to come forward. Sherry's a nurse there at Baptist Health. And we, um, you know, healthcare, I'm going to grab a microphone for you, Sherry. Healthcare workers are uh, many ways on the front, or they are on the front lines. And we're going to close this service. After she prays, we'll have a closing song here with David Dell. We're going to pray specifically for healthcare workers, Sherry. We'll also pray for Folks in Europe, Italy, I tell you, I, my heart was broken for Italy yesterday. Uh, the churches, and y'all had to see the pictures. Churches there lined up with coffins. They almost had a thousand people a day, yesterday, Saturday, died from this. I mean, it's just devastating. Families looking for answers. You join me in praying for our Southern Baptist missionaries there in Europe. Pray for their hospitals, their doctors, their nurses. I mean, even the ministers there, they're just, I mean, it's just awful situation. And we as believers, we need to be praying for that. Sherry's going to lead us in a prayer, specifically praying for healthcare workers and praying for us as believers, for us to be diligent in responding for that. All right, Sherry. Good morning, you guys. Um, I just wanted to share a few Bible verses. I think it's funny, so many people want to commend 
me or just other coworkers and nurses that are believers, but I think that in this time period, I think as a nurse and as a doctor, as a respiratory therapist, as an employee that cleans the hospital, I think that we can be missionaries. Um, and so I just wanted to share a few Bible verses this morning for those people that do serve at the hospital, that do serve at the grocery store, that do serve um, in any type of public setting that has not been closed, and they are, um, they are having to work um, when everybody else is sheltered. Um, I wanted to read these Bible verses. This is Deuteronomy 31.6. It says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes before you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. And in Joshua, it's almost the exact same thing that Jesus or God says. It says, I have, not com- have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Be not discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Um, and then just to encourage those that are in health care, Jesus says in 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4, it says, Praise be to God and... God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from the Lord. And then I have two more scriptures. This is from Isaiah 40:31. It says, But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. And I think so much of the time we read our Bible and then we put it, you know, on a shelf. But right here, these Bible verses, these Bible verses are to be used. These Bible verses are for now. And I think, like Daniel said, so much of the time we just go about our life. But then we're stopped because right now we literally can't go anywhere. I, I, for me, I don't feel confined to my house because I am able to go to work and so I have inner interaction with people, but I, I feel like most people, you know, they feel isolated and alone and, you know, your kids are making you crazy and I'm definitely not a homeschooler, so there's a lot of frustration, but, you know, these Bible verses are for all of us. But this is, this is the last one I'm going to share, and this is, this is what I think being a provider is. That, that are Christians, and certainly there are providers that are not Christians that are just good-hearted people, and I think as nurses that are believers and our doctors that are believers, I think that can be our mission field. So many people, we're going to see people that as healthcare providers, they don't know where to turn. They see death and destruction, and just like Daniel said in Italy, just, oh, just unimaginable things that we have never seen in this generation and generations before us. We've never been in a time where it's surrounded us, and I think that, um, you know, we can encourage those people. But Matthew 25, 35 through 40 is what I think of when I'm at the hospital. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord. When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? Then did you not see, when did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, 
you did for me. So I think for me going to the hospital, yes, I mean, <clears throat> there's some fear to bring home to my children. But, you know, I'm not fearful because God has our days numbered. And I think it's such an honor to be able to serve God in this capacity and be a missionary here in the United States. I teach kids and mission friends on Wednesday nights that are three and four years old. And I tell them, be a missionary to your neighbors. Guys, this is, this is our mission field now. And people are listening. People are stopped. They're not doing anything. And use that. I use that opportunity. But, but right now, um, I do want to pray. Um, I know you guys are watching There's the news. There's nothing else to watch on TV. Um, they've deployed two naval ships. One's going to New York, where devastation is just unimaginable in New Jersey. And then also one in California, where there's just such densely populated areas that this virus is just spreading rampantly. And, and, and almost hard for us to imagine, because right now the sun is beautiful. And here in Kentucky, it's not, we've not seen it hit yet. We've not had to pull in extra resources and National Guard. But I just want to specifically pray for those areas and just pray for all of the people that are, that are serving the Lord and that the Lord is using, even though they don't realize that the Lord is using them to help other people. So let's just go to a time in prayer. Jesus, I just thank you um, for the opportunity to be able to pray this morning um, for people all around the United States and the world. Jesus, we've watched it um, for so long in China and then in Italy and, and Spain. And dear Lord, as it spread through Europe, and um, we were confident and over, over cocky and thinking that it wouldn't hit America. But Jesus, <clears throat> a lot of times you bring things to us, like Daniel said, to bring us to our knees, to drive us towards you. And so, Jesus, I just pray as a country that we will turn to you, that you will use this awful <clears throat> virus, dear Lord, for good. Dear Lord, that people that would never have thought about you and would have gone about their busy days and lives and schedules, we pray that we will turn to you. And just like Daniel said on Facebook, it's just a revival of churches and people posting um, their preacher talking about you. And so, dear Lord, I specifically pray, um, dear Lord, for the providers right now that are sick, we pray that you will just strengthen their bodies and help them to be able to fight this virus and come out on the other end alive. Jesus, and I pray that there will be no other way, um, dear Lord, to say that they were healed except through your power and strength, Jesus. I just pray for the people that are in New, New Jersey and New York and in California where devastation is just in the thousands, where people are being reported every day sick. I pray for our healthcare workers when we don't have supplies, when we don't have the things we need like our masks. Jesus, and it's so scary, and yet we're called, dear Lord, to help those people that can't help themselves. So I just pray that you give them strength Dear Lord, like we are on wings like eagles, just like you said in the Bible, we pray that you would just help us to hold firm to these um, verses and to these words and live by them, to take them off the shelf, dear Lord, and just um, apply them in our lives. I pray um, for California, dear Lord. Um, I just pray as um, the, the naval um, bases and the Navy officers are used, I pray that that will really take the load off those hospitals, dear Lord, and we're able to just contain and confine this virus and um, help it to slow. Please, I pray, Jesus, that you will just help people to heed the warnings. 
and use the time at home to um, just really listen to you and be still and know that you are God and that you go before this coronavirus and that you know that these things are going to happen before they have happened and you know the future of when this is going to stop. Dear Lord, I just pray that you will just give us strength as providers, nurses, doctor, doctors, respiratory therapists that are literally in harm's way. Dear Lord, I pray that you will strengthen our bodies, strengthen our minds, keep us safe, keep our families safe. Um, Jesus, we just love you, and we just thank you so much for the opportunity that you have given us to serve others. Amen. Thank you so much, Sherry, for leading us in that prayer. Literally around the world this morning, folks are wondering, what does the future hold? Uh, what does the future hold for me personally? If you're listening this morning, you may be wondering that too. I want to bring a word of encouragement, though. There's a hymn that Bill Gaither wrote. We sing it often at church, and it does give us hope because we know Jesus is in charge of that. We're going to sing together. I'd ask you to sing from your living room or wherever you may be the chorus to Because He Lives. Because He Lives. 